if you think about our culture and you think about our resistance to death, typically speaking, we have a little, you know, we have fear of death in our culture. And at, that is, I would say, at the root of the fear of pausing in our lives. Like the same idea of slowing down, stopping, being still, being with the nothingness, doing the nothing. Like I think that that's a little bit intimidating to many of us in our world. Like, what happens if we're just still and quiet? And what will we have to hear? (laughs) Welcome to A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine a podcast for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and Dreamwork. I'm here once again joined by my dear friend and colleague and teacher, co-teacher of polarity therapy, Kim Pinkley. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with Kim. It was inspired by multiple conversations we've had. And just, it's also just a conversation that's in the field of where the podcast has been, which is to say it's been on pause. So (laughs) we're going to be talking about ether and the space between things today and what that means in the polarity paradigm. And also what that means just in life and how we probably all use a little more ether, a little more space than we're getting. So I want to invite you, Kim, to introduce yourself and maybe a little bit about your work and the different facets of healing work that you have studied and how these different perspectives have contributed to your journey with the ether and to your healer's journey. So good to be with you again, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me to talk about this like really special subject that I feel doesn't get as much attention in our culture as I think we could use more of this in our culture, this ether element. And just to give a little piece about who I am, I have been studying the healing arts, I say for 25 years, but really for as long as I can remember. I've been interested in how to process my life in a better way. And I took the time to go and learn polarity therapy and cranial sacral therapy and others. Both of these modalities are a little bit of a hero's journey on their own to learn them because you get to go through your own healing process as you learn the teachings, as you experience the work. And this moment with you is very interesting to me because we're both kind of in a pause place in our, in our journey. And being able to stop and just take a minute and digest and rest with it and be able to talk with each other around it. Just sounds like, you know, sounds so magical, so healing. 
So anyway, <laughs> I again started this journey many, many, many moons ago, and I not only do this work in an office, I'm a practitioner, but I also share this work. I teach it to other people to learn how to, for them to learn how to be practitioners and to take this into their own lives as well. I've had the great fortune of studying with a teacher who walked with a medicine man from the Crete tradition and experienced these teachings through that filter as well, through this beautiful filter of how ether and all of the elements show up in nature and then in relation to your life as well. So... Just, you know, that's my daily day, (laughs) is to be in my office, tuning into people and to their process and to help them find resolution to challenge and to consistently be related to how these teachings show up in nature and in my own life as a seeker. Mm, I love that. here in the middle of teaching a polarity therapy course on the elements and embodying the elements and the chakras and that's why you flew here from Arizona and um and we're doing our third round of teaching here together in the Pacific Northwest on my family's land and we're looking out over the water and because that's the context I also wanted to invite you to just say just a little bit about what polarity is to you. Like, what is polarity? What are the elements? What is ether even? That's one of my favorite questions. And I always, every single time I'm asked, I stumble on it because it's so dimensional, this work. And to just try and bring it down to a little bit of a nutshell, this polarity therapy is a very holistic healthcare system that relates to all of our bodies, our mental, emotional, physical, energetic, structural bodies, tuning into the places where energy is not circulating optimally and making relationship to those places, tuning that energy so that it can find its way into circulation and it can animate these bodies in a way we can be fully expressed emotionally and physically and mentally out in our worlds. And one of the ways that we work with this energy is through the chakra system. And the five chakras are related to the five elements. And these elements would be ether and air and fire and water and earth. And each of these elements that are related to these chakras, they carry different qualities and they govern different parts of our lives and our bodies and different systems in our bodies. And they work independently and together, consistently trying to create and sustain a balance that helps us be in that place of full expression. Mm. That's beautiful. And in case you 
listening are like, wait a minute, I thought there were seven chakras <laughs> or more, <laughs> then you are correct. There are there are many more energy centers in our body than than these five. But the five primary physical chakras each relate to one of the five elements. And ether is related to the throat chakra, and that is considered the gateway to the upper energy centers. So just listening to you, if I were to riff off of that for a minute, I ether is the place, the transformer between spirit and form. Like as source energy comes in through the crown chakra, into our chakra system, ether is that gateway. I love when you say gateway. It's one of my favorite words. And I think about etheric energy as the spark or the initiation or the invocation or invitation from spirit that would inspire us to go out into the world and become expressed or become manifest to make change to do something to honor spirit ultimately to go out and be in this world in a way that serves ourselves our brothers and sisters that brings something of source energy to fruition How's that? <laughs> I think that's perfect. We're discussing ether and the space between things and how, you know, I guess this is a good moment to bring in sort of the general cultural relationship that we have to space and to the pause between moments, between movements of our life. There isn't a lot of honoring of the transitions or of the beginnings before the beginnings even, what's in the field before you embark on a new thing, right? That's the ether. What's in the field of your life, of your mind, of your spirit before you begin to create something. There's not a lot of ceremony in general in most modern culture, that honoring of that initial spark. And ether is sort of that the hoop of the wheel, right? So it also embodies the the final ending as well when when something goes all the way through from the ether to the air, to the fire, to the water, to the earth, and finally is in physical form, and then it changes again and goes back to the ethers. Mm -hmm. And that's our life cycle, and that's the life cycle of every creation. And, you know, what we teach in polarity is that energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? That's an Einstein quote, I believe. Um, it's always transforming. So as soon as something has its full expression and is, comes to the end of its expression, it, it just changes form. And that's what we do in our lives as well. So, you know, how do we honor the beginning and the end? And even more interestingly to me in the moment is how do we honor the space between the beginning and the end? <laughs> how do we honor that etheric moment where we are between things where we're not what we were and we're not yet what we're becoming where we haven't yet had the new idea but we've let go of something that was and 
what, what do we do in that place when we're sort of free falling or we're just suspended and we're not moving at all and there's just nothing? I have a thought about that. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> we listen. Mm-hmm. It's a quality of ether. It's about listening. And it's like, I'll tell you where this brought me. It brought me to, again, a teaching that came from one of my teachers, Heather Principe. And she speaks about the moment of creation when we're talking about a human being coming into creation. Talking about when the sperm and the egg meet. And that moment where in the ethers, our souls hear that spark of creation that happens and we hear that as our song. Our song is being played and we have that choice to come and follow our song and come into creation. And we, you know, you have to be listening if you want to hear your song. (laughs) Right? And I just kind of like think about, we were just talking too, you're talking about this involutionary process, an evolutionary process, how there's the begin, the space before everything begins, the space where if you're quiet and you're still and you hear your song, you can come in. And then you come in and you do this whole thing and you, you do this thing called a life, a lifetime. And then at the end of your life, there's a stillness that comes too where you're going to hear your call back to source. And it is very much like this space between. Like, okay, we're alive as a human being, and then there's this liminal space, and then we have this transformational process called death where we then move into a different form. And we have all of the experiences that came through in this lifetime. So we're different. You know, we, we have a different frequency than when we came in as a thought. You know, I speak that, and I'm not sure if that's true, but I have a thought that that's true. We've just gone through something, a transformational piece, picked up some things, let go of some things. And, you know, it's a kind of an interesting thing if you think about our culture and you think about our resistance to death, typically speaking. We have a little, you know, we have fear of death in our culture, And that is, I would say, at the root of the fear of pausing in our lives. Like the same idea of slowing down, stopping, being still, being with the nothingness, doing the nothing. Like I think that that's a little bit intimidating to many of us in our world. Like what happens if we're just still and quiet? And what will we have to hear? Right? Good point. (laughs) I love so much that you brought in the life cycle in polarity. When we talk about ether, when we teach about ether as an element, as an entity, as a quality, as a way, ether has both a positive and negative pole, as all of the elements do, as everything does. And in the positive pole of ether is that blissful, euphoric experience of oneness with everything. And in the negative pole of ether is grief. And I think grief is something that is becoming a lot more talked about in our culture. I think it hasn't been talked about. There hasn't been space for it for a really, really long time. 
And that as we consider how we relate to death or how we relate to pausing between things to sit and take them in, then oftentimes we have to meet grief. You know, and it's right there next to the euphoric experience of oneness. They're right next to each other. They're not, the opposite poles are, are like on a circle where the one end meets the other all the way around. They're not far. And so it's an interesting nonlinear journey. And um, I don't know, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about that, about grief. But I, I'm going to pass it back to you and just see what you, what you have to say, Kim. Well, I'll tell you, what kind of came to me is that it's, it's a thought that just coming here and incarnating carries a certain amount of grief as we come into a more dense form and we separate, if you want to say that word, it doesn't feel right, but whatever level of separation we have from source energy as we come and become more in a human body and a human form and we meet the dross and the the density of this world and that there's such a deep longing to go back to source to kind of release ourselves from the heaviness of this place really you get to feel the oneness or you will feel the longing right and i think too about substances in our world and I think about how alcohol and drugs anything that brings us to a a high is in some way shape or form our way of trying to reconnect to source energy too to like be in the ethers to be higher to be shedding the heaviness of this world and I think that this is, again, one of those things where if we do take these pauses, if we do take these places of the space in between, if we do give ourselves moments and even days of time to just be able to allow ourselves to have our ether, it opens up the possibility to make relationship to these two poles. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Right? I do want to interject here and just give a little plug for the fact that you're offering a retreat in January 2023. And I want to invite you to just speak to that. In case you listening are like coming to this before that date and you might be interested, but also just as a a mind-blowing, you know, little invitation to consider this in your life in whatever form. So speak about your retreat. I would love to speak about my retreat. And I want to just talk to you. I'll tell you a small story here of how where this retreat came to me. And it was in a vision quest. I actually spent four days out on the land alone with nothing to do, no reading, no writing, no food, no water, just me, right? Doing this thing that we're talking about, taking space from the craziness of my life, from the busyness of my life, to make relation. (laughs) And I do regularly take four days of silence. I don't do it to the extent of no food. And, you know, this this was a held ceremony with my teacher. And for me, what came up was giving myself more space in my life 
taking the time after I've completed something to honor it, to not just jump on to the very next thing, because usually I'll be doing that before the last thing's over. You know, I'm already on the next thing. And so that's normal, like in our culture. I don't know if it's normal to nature, but I would say that we all have a little bit of a challenge of just pausing after, you know, you can do this from your dinner. You can pause after eating dinner and allow yourself five minutes to just be with the meal you just had. And you can be in a space of blessing, the nourishment that has just come through your system. This is a way to, a simple way to make relation to your ether in your, your etheric energy in your life or to cultivate it more. And so back to my vision quest, as I was on the land, I had this thought come through about holding a retreat, which is something that I do. I, I love holding retreats. This retreat was inspired by taking space though. And so in the native world, they talk about the four directions and that how they relate to the four seasons too. And so if you take this northern door, which would also be the winter, and you think about what happens in nature during the northern door, and everything goes down. There's hibernation. We get still. We go and get resourced. We take naps. We should. Like, you know, that's a thought, right? But nature, that's what happens, is that there's not a lot of movement. We're not doing anything new. We're relaxing. We're resting. We're taking the space between the fall and the spring. And the spring is the place of the new. But in the winter months, it's the place of the non-doing, just being. If you're a seed, you're just waiting underground to crack. You're not doing anything. And so I thought to myself, you know, what about holding a retreat where the invitation is to just come and be in that space with others? Be in this space of unplugging, of not needing to respond to your phone or to your boss or to your spouse or your children or your partner and just being and taking care of yourself, like eating what feels right, doing what feels right. And most, like, I don't know if this is most importantly, but I feel like it's something that, you know, again, just doesn't get its space in our world, especially as adults. I wanted to invite play. And I wanted to just say, let's laugh. Like, you know, we do all this work on ourselves. We go inward. We are doing the hero's journey. We're tuning into the places that need healing and the things that need to get met in our lives. Well, what is it like to just sit around and maybe play a game and laugh with each other <laughs> and, you know, go to bed as early or as late as you want and really just tuning into you, <laughs> the being of you. Mm. I love that. So just to say that coming out of a pause for the podcast itself, I didn't know how long the pause would need to be, but I knew I needed a little break. And I had an idea that I would start at the begin beginning of fall, but we had a really long summer <laughs> here in the Pacific Northwest. 
And fall really just started. And that's when I was like, oh, it's time. It's time to pick this up again. I was hearing the, the soul of the podcast speak to me. And suddenly I was inspired. But I kept thinking throughout this few months that has gone by where I have not put out an episode, what will happen if I take a break? Will it die? Will it go away? Will it be hard to pick it back up? What will happen if I step away? What will happen to me? What will happen to the podcast? Will it stick around? Will the spirit of this creative thing you know, continue to choose me to move through? <laughs> I wasn't really totally sure, but I just knew I had to honor my own need for space. And yeah, so I did, you know, and part of that came through my dreams too. I just heard it in my dreams. It was time to close the computer. It was time to re-engage in my teaching in a more in-person way. It was time to start running outside more and just doing some things differently than I was doing them. And in addition to pausing the podcast, I also heard that it was time to transition the membership and my entire platform for the Elevation Hive DreamWork community with its own app and all of these courses and forums that I had developed and poured myself into for the last two years, it suddenly was telling me that it was time. So there's the flush of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so on point. <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked that up, but right as I said that, suddenly there was this flushing of a toilet in the background from who knows where. The proverbial toilet just got flushed. So I flushed it all down the toilet, and everything I made, everything I created, I pulled the plug, you know, and I said goodbye. And it was one of the most, like, intense grieving processes, it's been really, really sad because to me, providing a space for people to share their dreams and come together regularly to create art from their dreams and to learn about dream work and energy medicine, you know, from anywhere in the world has always been really important to me. It's for a very long time, it's been my dream. But I was hearing that it was time to take a pause. It needed to transition and I could have resisted that very easily. I could have said, no, I've built this thing. I want to keep it going. But I just had to honor the movement of the soul of this project and this thing. And so in the midst of the pause of the podcast, I also closed down the membership. And I let it transition into something new. say that when someone dies, there's this window of time where it's not time to get rid of the body even yet. And then finally you get rid of the body, but the soul's doing its work. In many, many cultures throughout history, there are sacred processes to hold that space for those who are transitioning. Maybe not so much in this culture now currently in this day and age, but some of those are being remembered and re reenacted, rejuvenated brought back, thankfully, 
respectfully and we're starting to get more consciousness. We're starting to learn that babies have feelings when they're born. They can actually feel pain. You know, we, they didn't even know, you know, at that point there wasn't the consciousness that babies feel things mm. and that maybe we feel things after we go and leave this body, you know, maybe it's not in the physical or feeling them in different ways. There's different reverberations that energy goes through and maybe it's not always the same. But there are processes. So I feel like I'm in that place with the hive. It's like I'm honoring the process of the death of that thing that was. And I'm listening. You know, I'm really listening. How does it want to be reborn? How does it want to take new form? And what is the course of its karmic journey or whatever it is, you know, that's that, that creative spark how does it want to keep moving? And how can I foster that? How can I be of service to that? But more importantly than even asking those questions, there's the just sitting with it, being gone, and feeling the hole where that place was, where I used to have a place to share dreams and to read others' dreams every morning when I woke up. And that place is gone. And rather than filling it with something else, I've really been sitting with that, sitting with my own dreams in the silence of my morning and sitting with the emptiness of not having others to share them with and honoring the grief and that hole that place was filled up with, beauty and connection. And, and it isn't now, you know? And there have been moments where I could touch it and I could say, oh, it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. And then, but I don't have to label it that because in the next moment, it's joyful because I'm free to do other things. That energy is still moving through me. It's just moving in different directions. And I can also be in that quiet stillness and just be curious with it, you know, and observe the whole that that place used to fill up for me. And I know that everything is in a constant state of transformation. So it's not over. And I certainly know that my mission of being of service on the planet to bringing people's dreams and awareness around energy and sharing these sacred practices and ways of living and perceiving, are they're not going away. And I'll keep doing that. But I don't know yet what it'll look like. So I love that you're doing that retreat, Kim, and that I appreciate you coming onto the podcast and helping me initiate this, mm -hmm. pick it back up, because I heard in the quiet space between <laughs> what was and what hasn't yet become that new thing, I heard that it was time to talk to this, to like to give this voice, to inspire maybe for the listeners out there who are listening, mm. who are listening to their mm. own energy, who are listening to our collective energies, to inspire that appreciation for the space between things. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I really just have to take a minute and really honor that whole piece. There's something about just where you started with this, like the, the little fears, like 
what will it be? What will I be? Will spirit still talk to me in the same way? Is it going to come through if I let this go? And, you know, I, I frequently relate ether to this idea of floating in space. And the vastness, the infinite possibility, <laughs> the clean slate, and <laughs> the vastness, <laughs> like the untethered, like which way will it go? Which way will I float off into? And for how long and for how far will I just keep going and going and going <laughs> out into space? And to consciously and willingly go into that place is a thing. And I heard so many, I heard you just speak to all of the qualities of ether. I mean, I can tell you I heard listening and I heard space and I heard freedom and I heard grief and I heard, I heard my version of your connection to spirit. I heard solitude. I heard, you know, I think that might cover like most of the qualities of ether and it's a beautiful story and it's a beautiful journey. Me sitting here getting to watch it with you, witness, be with you and to some degree, even if it's just in witness. And hmm, again, I just, I really, really honor your willingness to go there. And that for me, talking about this with you, with this subject with you, that I, I would hope that there's an inspiration that comes from this piece for all of us to just take a little bit of a deep dive into outer space <laughs> and just be there and see where it goes and see what happens. And being able to have this is another one, faith, you know, mm -hmm. just tuning to your, to your source, to your relationship with your creator in the floating mm. <laughs> emptiness that has such possibility. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh, Kim, you totally like sparked something when you were just speaking to that. But I suddenly had this thought that like the positive and negative poles, that they're all inclusive, that we can't really experience one without the other, that the entirety of our experience is meant to contain them all, right? And we have this aversion, we as in sort of culturally, there is an idea that it's we don't want to go to the negative poles of things. You know, we don't want to be in grief or we don't want to be in fear. And yet I thought about this and how for the negative and positive pole of the earth, <laughs> so the ether is the fifth element, right? The fifth chakra, the throat. And that's the beginning of spirit coming into form. And it moves down through each of these elements into denser and denser qualities or frequencies until it reaches the earth plane. And that's our root chakra. And the earth, the positive and negative, is fear and courage. And, oh my goodness, you can't have courage without fear because courage is not the absence of fear, right? It's about, you know, facing our fears. It's being afraid and doing something anyway. And that feeling of oneness and connection with all things is not about not grieving or not having grief. It's about moving through grief. It's incorporating grief. Mm -hmm. 
and the and the longing. It's 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 all of that, right? So that I don't know. I just had this ah this great feeling that that full body epiphanal feeling of just how in those moments when we don't resist the negative pull of something and we really just welcome it, how we get to have this ecstatic, wonderful, joyful experience of grief even. Mm. Like I loved my grieving. Mm. Right. <laughs> these months of grieving or these weeks of grieving, you know, I mean, literally the platform just poof disappeared yesterday officially. Mm. I came to a close a few weeks ago, but... It was really just literally yesterday that it disappeared. That the, if you go to that website now, there's just nothing. It'll say there's nothing here. It's mm-hmm. in the ether. Mm-hmm. But like sitting with that and really going into that feeling of the oh, this is so sad, or to the to the non-existence of a thing, and welcoming that grieving and welcoming the emptiness or welcoming the fear. If we can welcome the fear with trust or with faith or with maybe some neutrality (laughs) can I please so I just love this like you you can never make it up right this this involutionary process of energy we've spoken about it a few times about how the energy becomes more and more dense as you come down from spirit to matter and then we spoke a little bit about how once you hit the earth, there's that idea that the energy then transforms and comes back into the ether element, right? It's it's transmuted or however you want to like be with that idea. And I hear that if we speak to the positive, like another way to look at the positive and negative poles of ether with there being this idea that at one pole it is invocation, inspiration, inception, and at the other pole, it's integration. And I just heard you come through this whole piece and just talking about how to just be accepting of the quote-unquote negative, right? How to be with the grief. And what that comes to for me is you've integrated this piece in your life and you know this whole idea of being able to go to the website now and see this piece and make relationship (laughs) to that and go on with your day yeah you know not like in a way of dismissiveness or I'm not going to deal with that right now but of inclusion right and that is integration and integration again is something that i think we fight in this world because it 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 absolutely involves us being able to be with both poles i think one of my favorite tools within polarity is to really be able to see that continuum Mm -hmm. and witness that continuum from a place of neutrality, witnessing myself in the negative pole and the grieving there and the hole in my heart and the empty web page that comes up when I type in my, you know, it makes me want to cry right now. But I can be with that simultaneously on the same continuum as the joy and excitement and freedom and who knows what's next and the space I have to get up and do something else. 
yes. right? Instead yes. of get on my computer, which I was really craving. I just was so busy. And at the same time, I'm missing that. I'm longing for that. But I'm also so joyful about it. So yeah, that continuum, the simultaneous experience of both ends, it's a really ecstatic thing. It really is. It's like it's like when you're when you start laughing really hard and suddenly you start crying and sobbing and then you start laughing really hard because you're crying and sobbing and then you cry some more and it's like <laughs> do you know that thing yeah, that hysterical you. place yes. <laughs> maybe that's just me <laughs> I love it no I know what you mean but like can we do that you know mm. in a conscious way be with the cry be with the laugh be with the forgetting what you were crying or laughing about be be with all of those aspects in a sort of simultaneous I think the more what we practice then the more simultaneous it becomes that's how it's been for me and now I just love that I can hold space for myself to to have those processes and it doesn't have to define me you know I can say oh I'm grieving but that doesn't mean that's all I am I'm just having an experience of grieving simultaneous to loving my life, you know, and loving myself and loving the space and the possibility. So maybe for the listeners out there, wherever you are in your journey, on your healer's journey, (laughs) I invite you to try that on in your own way, whatever that is for you. And maybe you already are and you have your own wisdom around it. piece about being with the fear or the uncomfort of going into that space in the deeper way you know it's it is it's an evolutionary process it's something that I've certainly met in different ways before and a lot of times especially with grief it's not something that you ask for (laughs) like it comes and you have to deal with it right you don't have a choice sometimes you know when you lose people in your life right And so there's been times where I've had to meet it like that. And there's something, like I said, just so for me, so powerful about you talking about going into this space when you didn't have to, Mm -hmm. like you chose to. You chose to do this thing for yourself. And that is inspiring to me. And I'm really hearing that and listening to it and tuning and grateful for your share because I'm tuning into that energy of it. And that's what I can speak to right now. I just really have such an honoring for you to show up to that by choice. Mm -hmm. And it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I also hear this piece, too, that I think about your grief that you spoke to around your process. And my understanding of polarity, my understanding of the universal truths, is the amount of energy that is in that grief it is impossible that there isn't the same amount of energy in the positive pole. Like, that's what we're talking about, this continuum, this this positive and negative and the inclusion of the all. And this idea of, like, how do you be with that? How do you sign up for that, right? How do you sign up for being in love with your grief? Mm -hmm. And when I hear that, I think about how much love you had for the thing that you lost. Mm -hmm or that you chose to let go of, or whatever the context was, right? And that they are absolutely equal proportion. 
And you can't escape that. And if you couldn't have one, you couldn't have the other. It's like that ageless saying, right? And for some reason, it feels like harder to be with this than like, oh, if you don't have night, then you don't have day, (laughs) right? This is a little bit more intense. And so I just, again, for me with you right now in this space, it's an honoring. And I want to just tell you that I'm inspired and thank you for bringing me here and sharing your story and allowing me to speak and articulate and move through my process even just a little bit more. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much, Kim. That like really, really touches me so deeply. And I've also just, you know, to say like, I have totally gathered inspiration from observing you and your walk with ether and space and just our conversations or my observations of your life and how you do that and how you speak to it. And it was definitely your voice in my ear when I was like, oh, I want to do this. It's time. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) I could hear the podcast speaking, but it was like Kim in there too, like, oh, ether. (laughs) How do we honor that space? How do we do the stillness? How do we do the non-doing? How do we do that? And how do we do that better, you know? How do we do that as a practice with commitment to it? And for me, I I think anybody that knows me, I'm a doer, like, whoa. (laughs) Both of us are, actually. We're both very, like, fire constitution, air fire, going for it. And somehow you're anchoring that ether, finding balance. And it's just totally magnificent how you're doing life and how you're doing the non-doing in between and within, right? And we kind of get to that place too if we practice. I think we can practice that even while we're running from thing to thing. We're holding that space for ourselves, right? Even when we're in the moment of deep grief, we're experiencing ecstatic joy. That's the practice is how can we hold it all? And how do we be with nothing? Oh. You know, just that. That's just that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, following, and subscribing, and for participating in this episode of A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. May this deepen your own inquiry and exploration of your energy and your soul's path. And I am so, so grateful to be in sacred community with you.